Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets, and welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. Uh, this is Chico Leo, back in the escape pod, uh, and I am flying high above the skies of Brooklyn with none other than... Kimsonian Space Ghost producer, a.k.a. Ampulex Dementor. And uh, for all you guys who are into science, last week there was a new species of wasp that poisons the ants and turns them into zombies and they're called ampulex dementor and i thought that was the baddest mad max fury road name that you could have yeah now who would you turn into zombies if you could turn one species of animal into zombies well i think that's a trick question because you think you you're doing something harmful but in fact you're creating more of a problem for yourself so I'll plead the fifth on that, Chico. I see you trying to trip me up, but I'm not falling for it. So do you think actually this is going to really blow back? you think this is going to blow back on the wasps or on, on humans who discovered the wasp? Uh, well, I think, and th- we'll end this conversation here, but I think that the wasps, because they can fly, are not going to be uh, hindered in any way by zombie ants. Thank you. That's a good point. That is a good point. All right. Well, uh, speaking of zombies and uh, powerful people who turn other people into zombies, uh, tonight's crazy eighth episode of Game of Thrones, Sins of the Mother, uh, showed some of that uh, very business going on. Um, A lot happened, I felt like, uh, or at least uh, a lot that was set up last week happened um and uh i don't know what did you think actually uh last week i kind of panned the episode this week i think they completely redeemed themselves uh, i'd say it every week on special delivery the more lord of the rings that i get in my game of thrones or the more fantasy adventure action adventure and they do it really well when they do it. And they, they also do it towards the end of the season. So I see how they're they're moving. Um, I thought this was a great episode. I needed to see the action that they showed today or tonight, whatever. And I, I just was like, you know, really, really satisfied with the action and the, the huge, you know, I love when they do the grand scheme of things, kind of battles, big battles and you know, one one tribe versus the other, and tonight was just awesome, man. So I, I had a good time. It would have been great if dragons were just swooping down and, like, shooting everybody with fireballs, but I'll, I'll hold out for that episode. Well, I, I would have predicted that we will see dragons and giants on the screen at the same time, but at this point it literally looks like there's only one giant left from his whole race. <laughs> and um, we didn't we didn't we didn't get to see if he actually swam or if he just walked into the water and drowned. So uh yeah, anyway, I mean, you know, you might maybe you might want to run down a little bit of what happened. Right. So, um 
Well, the 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 big big set piece was was at the end. Um, we checked in with a lot of the major characters. We checked in with Arya doing her, you know, Jedi or anti, you know, Sith training <laughs> with, um, you know, the, the for, for the the God of Many Faces, right? Um, and we checked in a little with um, Sansa. Who confronts Theon with, uh, you know, his general horribleness? I mean, which is an understatement, but or aiding and abetting all the horribleness that's been done to her. But she discovers that her brothers Bran and Rickon are still alive, and right. that's definitely a key piece of info for her. Um, we got a great scene of um, Tyrion and Daenerys Targaryen you know, putting their heads together and that obviously seems like it's gonna it's the recipe for big things to come. Uh Jorah Mormont, uh it's a it's a race against time, it seems like, with his grayscale beginning to take take over and his need to redeem himself in the eyes of the Khaleesi. Um we we have not checked in with, with Grey Worm and uh his lady uh, we've seen her a couple of times by uh, Daenerys' side, but that that that's something I would have liked to have been revisited. Um, you know, at I least think, just an- yeah, yeah. I think they're saving the marine stuff for either the end of this season or some big blowups next season. But um, I just wanted to back up a little bit. One thing I did really appreciate was the whole way that Tyrion pimps his way into being. Uh, the Khaleesi's like you know advisor, and and basically throws my man to the wind, and like I mean not that he had a chance anyway, but I feel like uh, Tyrion can and and really literally ran down the motivation for everything that she's trying to do, and when basically in two sentences completely you know captures everything that she's building her whole reputation or 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 authority on and and i thought that was really clever that the the writers were able to reduce everything that she's doing to two sentences because he can see clearly what her power play is trying to be and then he throws it right back in her face and he's and she realizes that she needs somebody like that next to her you know so i appreciated that and it's true that she really does. I mean, she's totally blind as to the whole, all the politics and all the connections and all the stuff in, in Westeros. But yeah, no, he. Uh, I mean, he went. I, I. My only complaint about this season is some stuff has happened so quickly. So he basically went from you know slave in a, in a fighting pit <laughs> to you know advising the queen in one and a half episodes. Um, you know, I, I still think, you know, it's like the best thing on TV, but this season there's been some, some missteps, you know, the, some of the rapier stuff that was unnecessary as well as I, I think some of just the weird, just speeding up the pacing of, 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 of some things like it should have taken this whole season should have been, you know, Tyr- the adventures of Tyr- you know, Tyrion doing this, that, and the other thing. And I feel like it was like, you know, two or three episodes and then, uh, you know, boom. Well, I think you have to throw Cersei in jail and then you have to see what happens to 
King's Landing when Cersei's in jail. So basically, right. the the entire power of the Lannisters is usurped by the Faith, and so we need to really see what it looks like for them to redeem themselves, or who's gonna, you know. The word hasn't spread that n- nobody's really on the throne. And so you do have all these forces gunning. You have Stannis in the wings. You know, um, this this particular episode I liked because they bunched up all the <clears throat> the palace intrigue into like the first 20 minutes and then spent all this time with Jon Snow, who we hadn't seen in a couple of episodes. Right. And And really stayed with Jon Snow and it was all forward momentum with him. And like I said, you know, once they got to his after we checked in with everybody else, once we got to him, you know, it was all old school uh, clan on clan violence. Um, so, yeah. So Jon Snow needed, you know, basically was going to try and, and, and make an, a, you know, an alliance with the free folk. And they were all huddled at this really dope bay. I think that was filmed in Iceland. Uh, but um it was a whole town that they built because there were a couple of just these panning shots that were just amazing. Um, yeah, beautiful. The whole shot. Yeah, the whole. Yeah. So um, which uh, he manages to convince a small amount. But at that point, the full army of the White Walkers and the the so there's two there's there's these zombies and then there's the white walkers and the white walkers are some kind of super ancient possibly alien uh wait what well no i mean they they you know they're they're not of this world or whatever i mean alien mystical whatever and then there's all the zombies that they create so right, okay have, yeah okay okay I'm uh, talking about specifically like the dudes who look really old and yeah, you know, yeah no there's the definitely super- the hierarchy I think we talked about that a couple of seasons yeah. ago yeah um so he was going to the the wildlings to get their support right he wanted well to, to have- get them to come they want to come to the other side of the wall they're running from these people and he basically says it gives them the unprecedented offer of we'll give you land in the north but you got to help us defend the wall which most of them don't agree with and it does seem like the vast majority of the free folk get wiped out here right. um, and are now then turned into zombies fighting on the side of right. the of the white you walkers. know and right. that and that was an incredible scene where the white walker leader kind of locked eyes with john we we also learned that valerian steel uh kills uh kills the white walkers mm. john's sword that was given him by jorah mormont's father actually right, right. um you know, turns out to be able to kill them. So there's a couple of swords out there uh, made of Valerian steel. Um, okay. And uh, they're going to have to get a lot more of those. What, I, and what did, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I couldn't tell if the dragon glass got lost or not. I thought on the one hand, uh, John's hipster, like uh, Night's Watch friend, the dude, you know, had like a like a beard and right. like I thought that dude took them. Okay. Um and then it looked like they were looking for them and he couldn't find it. Right. And uh so I, it's not clear if they're back to square one with, you know, no dragon glass and now the zombies army is twice as big. And you know what was really cool um was the fact that from far away it looked like they were an avalanche coming right. down the the 
the uh, mountains. I thought that was a really cool effect. And then it seemed like they really did a World War Z where the, the zombies move really fast. So one, right. we have running zombies, like super fast running, completely coherent and able to fight zombies. Like they know how to use swords and all that kind of stuff. Definitely not the Walking Dead type zombie. No. And then you have the White Walkers who, I guess, in some sort of way are directing them. And, uh, and yeah, I guess they self-generate the, the zombies when they bite into the regular person. That person turns within, I don't know, it had a lot of World War Z echoes to me. And other zombie movies, of course. But, uh, um, but, but. I did like the idea that the leader who we did see at one point, I forget either last season or season before that, um, with the little horns, we did see him, like you said, have this incredible control over these people. Um, but I feel like there's a story behind them and I'm probably in the books there is, but it seems like they're, they're not just like faceless or without a soul. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. What do you think? Oh, no, I'm expecting a, a serious explanation also because in interviews, George R. R. Martin, while paying a lot of respect and homage to, to, to J.R.R. Tolkien, mm. he has said that, you know, it's one of those sort of very much good and evil. Like, you never know why Sauron's trying to take over and, you know, the orcs are killing it. You know, it's just like these are the bad guys and they're trying to take over and then the good guys are going to fight them. Right. Um, so I would expect a much more complex explanation when it comes down to it and this is the sort of thing that i'm worried about that they're sticking to this schedule of like okay we're gonna be done in seven years and that something like this might get rushed um you know whereas it would be much better if there were sort of well a little bit here a little bit there more of like a how i met your mother type of origin you know where <laughs> As opposed to, uh, you know, one episode where they just do an info dump or something. Right. But, um, yeah, in incredible action. Definitely we got giants, we got whites, we got zombies. You know, that's like 10% of the original wait, Monster wait, wait, Manual got, right there. We, we got whites. What do you mean whites? You mean... W-I-G-H-T. W it's uh, it's like a, an undead. I thought the... Uh, oh, oh, oh. The, well, the they, dudes, because they're also there are literally white. The the, yes. the white walkers are white. I, okay, I right, right, right. No, well, I thought, yeah, no, that's true. I thought I had seen them mentioned in print as as whites. W i g h t. Oh, okay. but yeah, you check check your monster manual. The 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 white is 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 in there. It's it's definitely a monster. All right, no, no, I, I, I believe you. I just didn't know you can go a bunch of different ways with that one. In this, I know. Case. Yeah, that was yeah. an open ended statement that was definitely but um yeah no they definitely seem to be back on track um again this season has been the one where they're di you know diverting from the books the most um and uh we got two more episodes so i'm so, not sure yeah yeah so two more episodes next episode is usually the one right right Nine, well that's the, the thing right. this one was so crazy the you know at the end here but i'm imagining maybe it'll be uh stannis baratheon attacking uh winterfell okay so it's stannis on the attack but it's also um the guy defending himself and in the gladiator pit that's right that's right we need to see that that's true jorah mormont 
Jordan, so Jordan needs to like redeem himself, and I don't know about Stannis. I don't know if they're going to show that. <clears throat> well, it's just a, that's an opportunity for a big battle, but so, something's going to happen. Uh, maybe Sansa will make her move. Um, you know, R- Ramsey certainly needs to get got. Well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Who do you think is not going to be here uh, for next season? Who do you think is going to bite it? I think there's more of a chance that Stannis will be here than Ramsey, but I can see either of them going. Like, Stannis has been elevated. Um, and, you know, who knows? I mean, the witch, you know, tries, is trying to get him to sacrifice his daughter. And while he definitely said later for that, you know, who, who knows what he's willing to do. Do you think uh, we'll see any fighting with uh, Marine and Daenerys and her her plans? Do you think we'll see them on the move? Do you think we'll see any dragons? I think we're going to see some dragons. I, th- I do think, yeah, we're going to see some dragons. Whether the dragons are going to eat anybody or burn anybody is another thing, but I think we'll see some dragons. Why show the I'm- dragons if they're not going to burn any or eat anybody? Right. Well, you know, there's still some unresolved stuff with Daenerys and 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 her and her big dragon. I mean, I'm also assuming at some point that somebody's going to ride a dragon and Targaryens rode dragons and since Daenerys right. is the last Targaryen, I mean, the season could end with her riding a dragon. That's true. That's true. Right. With a lot of like Ronnie James Dio like 70s right, uh, right. heavy metal heavy metal music right, playing exactly. in the background. The Tarna sequence, yeah, sure. Yes. I get it, I get it. Um, so I think that's it for uh for this week on Game of Thrones. Uh also uh this evening was uh, Penny Dreadful, which was this episode was titled Above the Vaulted Sky which is a reference from a poem that John Clare, who we also know as Frankenstein's monster, uh, recited along with Vanessa Ives. Right, and uh, so Penny Dreadful is the what I like to call the lyrical look at um, the monster lore, classic monster lore. So you have the werewolf, you have Frankenstein, you have Dracula, you have the devil, you have witches... You have Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. You have where? Yeah. Even have now they even threw in this detective, who I don't know. He's he's definitely not Sherlock Holmes, but if you're getting into Victorian, you know, detectives, it's hard not to think about Sherlock Holmes when this guy shows up. Uh, but um, you know, tonight's episode I felt was a little off track. <laughs> um, you know, and and you know, Penny Dreadful has this weird way of getting everybody in a room, saying that we need to do something, and then they never do it. And, oh, that's how I feel, anyway. And, no, it's definitely. I I agree with that. There's a lot of scenes of them all making plans and talking and warning each other, and then everybody goes off to their own room and prays, or they, <laughs> if, you know. which basically that's what happened tonight. I feel like the whole episode. Yeah. Was so basically they have to after last week's episode where they get attacked by the witches who are camouflaging themselves as wallpaper. Uh, you know the first thing that we see our you know crew doing is like evil proofing the house that they live in, and and uh, each person was doing it their own way. So you had the werewolf guy like. Uh, smoking it out like uh, a Native American. You had Vanessa, you know, praying and doing like all sorts of spell incantations. You had some Bene, the African, you know, bodyguard just hanging out on the stairs 
watching to see if anybody else is going to try and come through the front door. And, oh, I thought he made some of the totems that they were hanging up, that he has some kind of, like, you know, uh, no, he did. Type, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he did, he did. Um, at the, yeah, at the same time, I'm not sure... You know what works, and they're just doing like a hodgepodge of references. Yeah, altogether. everybody. I mean, even the one dude turns out to be Jewish and goes down into the basement and whips out his uh, prayer shawl, and you know, <laughs> yeah, who knew Lyle I mean, was were, Jewish? Yeah, yeah, because that's definitely. I don't know what accent he has, but apparently it might be a Jewish one. It doesn't sound like any accent to me. I don't know what. No, it's is. some weird Eastern European. You know, I wouldn't even call it that. I don't know. I think that guy is playing a. a role in the role you know what right. i mean uh that said you know and and it, it pretty then it made the left turn uh pretty much kept going we're we're seeing a connection between like you said we're back at the uh, the leprosy uh cave where vanessa or col- cholera I cholera think, yeah. yeah the cholera cave where she volunteers and where frankenstein hangs out they they bond a little bit it, it really did get into like some seriously just kind of uh, super verbal exchanges and didn't really yes, forward super verbal is yes and and long verbal exchanges that didn't really um, push anything really it just was people's feelings it was like the episode it was just a therapy episode almost um, yeah this, this episode really was a lot of people talking and I would go so far as to say it's like the opposite of Mad Max Fury Road, which is like, you know, <laughs> a movie that you can watch with, you know, the sound off and know exactly what's happening at any point. Whereas with this one, a blind person could have watched the episode and known exactly what was going on the whole time. And that's notwithstanding that it has some, you know, uh, some of the, you know, it's like the most gorgeous looking right, show, right. you know, besides Game of Thrones, that's you right. know, just. It's it's visually really really masterfully shot and looks really good and is very lush, but um, yeah, this one was a super 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 talky. Uh, yeah, they should release this one on vinyl. Uh, yeah, exactly, or or it literally is a radio play, and that's what really kind of gets me is if you're gonna spend all this money, you're gonna bring all these people on set. Why don't you you know? I mean, I get it, and and the writers are you know they're very good and. Uh, you know, you want to give shine to the word that you write, but if you have all this stuff, you know, and you have monsters and, and everybody's, I don't know, you have monsters, like, do something, you know, get some action yeah, well, in there, we, I don't know, just even have a, a chase scene or something. But all We this- did see uh, the, the Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein had their first date. And uh, it well actually, and I the, I should say the Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster had their first date, and it didn't uh, go very well. Yeah, surprise! Uh, it was like a bad you know, we, bad internet date. Right. And then uh, Frank Victor Frankenstein himself had a had a much better date with Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> leading to drum roll spoilers and all that. What I have to believe is the longest and most in depth necrophilia scene that's been on tv ever oh pretty good uh, along i with, mean and the dorian gray storyline uh where they they really spent a lot of time on his sex scene with they his, did with his um with his boyfriend and who's that, who's at least as far as we know alive yes 
Yeah. So Bride of Frankenstein is not alive. Well, I mean, maybe, I guess she is alive. You see, but well, this that's is and, and it necrophilia, right? And this is where I, it gets kind of weird for me because I'm looking at the scene and I'm saying to myself, "There's a the the logic wins over the suspense of disbelief, right?" So I'm looking and I'm saying, "She's kind of a reanimated corpse." So can you really? I, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking blood circulation. I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep it kind of clean, but it really is it going to be passionate like that? Is it really going right. to be able? Can you just linger on, you know, the camera over the bed the way they did, and and not think like, you know what, this this she's not alive, she's a corpse. But I guess they're trying to redefine everything, and and I don't know where the boundaries are. It's, it's, well, a, you know, a couple of things. They did set up that he did a better job with the Bride of Frankenstein than with Frankenstein, and it maybe is because she had a fresher corpse. But you know, um, they, so so she is more lifelike. Um, but uh, the uh, the other thing is early on when she was still dead and lying in like a pool of formaldehyde. Right. He definitely ran his hands all over her naked body in a way that was, you know, something that only, you know, Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton or, uh, you know, Joffrey would do. Right. I mean, it's it's it, he's a twisted cat. You know, I mean, yes. he tried to stop himself and then he, you know, he gave into his. His necrophiliac desires, and you know, I, I don't. It just you can't get more gothic than necrophilia, right? You can't get right. more gothic than than the uh, what's going on between uh, Victor Frankenstein and and the bride. And then on the other hand, you have uh, uh, the the doctor and uh, the witch, the head witch, getting together. And the head witch was was um, uh, had a one of the. Um, Oh, what do you call those? The the puppets, poupe. The, the yeah, the the, uh, the the what they were fetishes. The yeah. fetishes, fetish, right, right, exactly. The fetish, the fetish. So they he like his wife. She had the nice fetish doll of the wife and completely drove her crazy. She, right, stabbing needles into the what looked like a real brain in the fetish doll's head. Right, and then like she leads her to cut her own throat, which reminds me of like old Damien, you know, the Omen movies from the seventies. Yes. And then, then you have you know them connecting. It was just a lot of sexuality in the show, right? Um, overt. Now, he, I guess. there also was a scene where she pricked him, and then like licked his blood. And I got that there was some sense from something that someone had said earlier that if you can consume the flesh or blood, then you you know you can defeat your enemy. And okay. so I, I I wasn't sure if that was you know like you know. A major thing or not, you well, know, like that she had sucked his blood, and then that would mean she could control him. Could be the case because she's really trying to get Vanessa right, and that's I right. Guess the storyline is really this is Vanessa's uh, Vanessa's show. But then I was also seeing that lately, you know, the bride it looks like she's about to get a lot more, um, a lot more play, you know, a lot right. more shine, and. Uh, the actress will probably have a lot more to do. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, this this particular episode, I wasn't a fan of as much as when they are. Again, give me some momentum. Give me some action. Yeah. Give me some clues. You know, I want to see some transformation. There's a new trend to, like, have monsters but don't show them. Like, the early season of, of Game of Thrones was let's have dragons but let's not show them. And right. then, uh, so it's kind of, 
you know, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to to gauge when the episodes skew that it could be a completely different show, and I don't need this to be a ten- penny dreadful episode. You know what I mean? So, but uh, I'm you know still hopeful to see we'll, we'll get some action by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean that was my biggest complaint in the first season uh, was that the uh, momentum would stall. Um, this season did have that incredible episode just of Vanessa Ives and the the witch who trained her, um, played by uh, what's her face who was uh, Patty Lapone. Um, yeah, Patty Lapone. Yeah, Patty Lapone. Um, that that really stood out. Um, this one was a little slower, but. There still were some, I mean, we're casually talking about, I mean, you know, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein having sex, actual sex with the Bride of Frankenstein is not something that James Whale could have shown in 1932, uh, you know, in the original Universal uh, movies. So, you know, stuff stuff happens. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the context, right? It's all context and geography. And that context and that particular geography and timing was not really uh, where I was, you know, not for me anyway. Um, All right. Well, Penny Dreadful uh, continues to be be a lot better than Dreadful, although probably Dreadful for some. Um, What has sadly become uh, Dreadful to me is uh, really Orphan Black. I I, I feel like... uh, it's just been sort of going downhill as a show other than Tatiana Maslany's performance, but it's become pretty incomprehensible. I have to admit, I haven't watched this week's episode. I haven't recorded. I didn't get to it. I did see that it was sort of a change of pace episode. Yeah, this... Uh, Kimson did, did see it. It's titled Community of Dreadful Fear and Hate. Yeah, and it's really uh, this one was really off base or off the beaten path because it was really bad, in my opinion. It would have been. It's, it reminded me of like an '80s Tom Hanks movie where they intercut three different things that need to happen at the same time, and the tension is all like, uh, you know, the, like three colliding trains, and you're cutting back and forth to each train. And usually you you do see that in, in Orphan Black. You're always going to be following these different storylines because there's so many characters and now the clones are, are, are finding more clones and then there's brother clones and there's all these clones. And I don't know if the, the show has just evolved into a, a writing exercise for, for new writers or something, but this one was really off the rails. We were focusing on Allison, who, for those who have been watching, has is running for... Uh, town mayor or some sort of school board school, school board, board yeah position. school board position or i you know something i could care less about and at the same time she's trying to she's trying to do her drug dealing on the side and it really almost having nothing to do with the clone uh story and dyad and all the all that stuff. totally having nothing to do with that stuff and and they gave it so much play and i'm wondering if people are just tired of all the kind of cloak and dagger X Files y science stuff and they just want some pure, you know, comedy like it's uh, a Steve like uh, Steve Martin thirteen and counting or whatever type movie it is, you know. Um it was just weird or it was just very, very weird. Very weeds though. Like this whole suburban drug uh stuff is you know, suburban housewife drug stuff has been done already and 
they're not even doing it nearly as good. So, no, I, I I feel that they've introduced way too many characters and too many plot lines. If it was just the clones dealing with their situation, but there's so many ancillary characters and um, the time that they spend with some characters as opposed to others. And the self-referential, like, cutesy, now we're going to watch this clone acting like pretending to be that clone, and that clone is going to be pretend to be this clone, and it's starting to take over, like, the show, and um, I, I, it was something that happened to Sherlock, I think Sherlock is another show that became very self-referential and I lost interest, um, so I'm, I'm not saying I lost interest, but... This has definitely gone from being like, oh my god, I can't wait, you know, to see the new War from Black to like, oh, what kind of crazy plot twist, you know, like too many things are left dangling for too many episodes. There's, you know, five or six female clones, four or five male clones, another five or ten ancillary characters. They really dropped the ball with Felix. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm not going to recap the episode because one, it would take too long because so much, so many different things happen. Just to say that Helena and Siobhan have been reunited in Mexico of all places, and uh, Sarah, Siobhan, and um, Helena are now all together, and they're going to powwow and talk about what's needed and take care of Helena's baby. And then uh, the one thing is that Cosima Cosima has been um, uh, sick and she starts bleeding at the end of the episode and she is sort of hiding her sickness from everybody. Um, And last but not least, Rachel, um, the lab tech guy who's supporting, who's helping Scott, Scott, helping uh, Cosima. I can't pronounce her name, but anyway, um, he is working with a, I guess, stroked out Rachel, who's now in a wheelchair. Uh, he is having her decipher uh, Duncan's book because she apparently knows the code and how to decipher the code. But she says that she'll only reveal it to Sarah, who's not around. So there's, there's a couple of things going on with the main storyline. But again, all that said, it really did focus on this uh, kind of weird comedy of of selling drugs and trying to make a speech at the school on time and then literally at the last 30 seconds of the episode the swelling music kicks in and she gives this amazing speech of you know how she's going to keep the community together i i was just like i i don't know about this show i don't know what to trust anymore you know so anyway right. that's my recap for that all right. Well, I guess uh, that's it for this weekend. Um, next weekend, Power will be starting up uh, season two. Uh, we'll be uh, checking that out on Stars, um, which I gotta say has consistently been producing some uh, some dope shows of late. Um, the guy who was responsible for a lot of HBO's hits in the early 2000s is now at Stars, and uh, for the most part, they've been uh, they've been doing some some really dope stuff. So we'll be back with season two of uh, of Power next week, and uh, hopefully, uh, I will have watched uh, Orphan Black, <laughs> and of course, Game of Thrones and Penny Dreadful. Indeed, indeed. Well, all right, Chico, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
jump out the space pod right now or whatever you call this thing. All right, you're gonna eject, eject. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the uh, whatever that the the room is not the eject room but the uh, the bay the pressure bay right and 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 open the doors 